Greetings and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Queston Media. I'm your host, Eming Piancai. Um, Today we have an old friend on the show, one we haven't seen, I don't even know. I think um, he was on when we were still using Google Hangout to record our episodes back back in the day. Albert, Albert Felipe, one of my dearest, oldest, most headiest, thinking, talky people that I know, um, is is on today because he, he when I when I when I call out into the universe and I'm like, does anyone want to come on the show this week? His hand just reached up through my inbox and he says, "Me, me," yeah. and I'm like. Uh, great, because I haven't talked to him in like three years. So this is this is a great time to catch up in a short amount of time. But the topic today we we wanted to talk about, or I want to talk about, was the fact that California specifically is um, we are getting our 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 vaccines for COVID slowly but surely. People are slowly, you know, get getting them, and and now people are discussing sending children back to school. And as a parent, Albert, again, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate you and all you do. Um, (laughs) You're a parent. You have two children. One is 17 in high school, I'm assuming. And I don't know the age of your daughter. She is how old? She's actually three going to be four next week. Right. And she just started virtual early Head Start, which is interesting to some. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, how are you feeling about this? I mean, I know I personally, I, I worked in a school for like three years, and my initial feeling was like, kids don't know how to keep their distance. Like, kids get lice all the time at school. How can, like, how can they even, like, like, even try to incorporate kids back into school with COVID, knowing that they're like, you know, they're, they touch things, they want to be near their friends, they want to be, like, as a parent, how do you feel about that, that the state is, is, is really like gung-ho on getting kids back to school by May, which I find kind of ridiculous, but. Which is, which is really interesting. And, you know, thanks for always going ahead and sending out the invites. I'm glad to join you guys. Um, And I'm, I'm so, I, I really got excited when I saw this topic because I think like, you know, since I now have um, a daughter that's in this process of, you know, me and my wife are actually having these discussions daily about whether we want to send our child um, back to school or not. So I think like, yeah, it is kind of like this this whole really rethinking of what we're really looking at and prioritizing when it comes down to education and our children, right? Um, in my own experience, and I think like, um, while I don't have the facts to back this up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure of this, right? I think like, you know, one of the major concerns, especially when you go back to school is just like, especially for young children, and I'm, I'm really speaking in the context of my daughter, um, you know, this is a very vulnerable stage for a lot of young people, especially in early childhood, but I'm also thinking about kindergartners and first graders, because technically, right, like, um, legally, you're supposed to have children enrolled in school during this time, right? And um, but in-person instruction is definitely kind of like a um, a risk, right? And and I think like you know, in any aspect of education, I mean, one of the top priorities for um, these you know institutions to take on is um, health risks and health factors, right? Um, we know that, especially for young kids, um, 
they're susceptible to a lot of things um, in a classroom because again, I, I only think about these uh, small little um, preschool classrooms where you constantly have to disinfect and bleach everything almost on a daily basis because of course kids get sick so much, especially during those stages of life. And now with the pandemic upon it, which really brings up this really big red flag, right? Um, it was automatic to go ahead and say, yeah, you stop schools, you start school. But all of a sudden, I feel like this, um, this rush to get um, children back in school, um, I don't think we're really being honest. I, I think systemically, um, the way that this is being looked at, I think it's more of a pressure rather than let's really come up with real solutions to how do we safely bring children back into classrooms. That whole term, how do we safely bring children back to classrooms? I think there's a little bit more of a thought process that needs to happen rather than just kind of like a topic of discussion and, you know, oh, well, it's going to happen anyway, so let's just figure it out. Um, it's a little bit deeper than that. Right. So why why do you personally think that, that it's being pushed so hard right now? Like, what do you think is the is the reasoning behind um, the governments and the schools? Why? Why? Yeah, you know, why. To, to me, uh, in my own opinion, I think it's like um, uh, it's almost like a herd of sheep um, and we just have to flock. Um, and what do I mean by that? Right. What do I really mean by that? I, I really think that there's a lot more pressure on a political and a um, uh, other agendas. I don't know whether it's private agendas. I don't know if it's corporations. I don't I don't know exactly. But I do know that there are other agendas behind this push. Um, uh, and the majority, I think, would be politically. Right. I think like when you feel pressures um, politically, I think sometimes, you know, it's real easy to kind of like. Um, just say, yeah, you know, um, we need to safely reopen because the kids matter. But I think that's an easy um, cop out. Right. Um, I really think it has to do with funding in some given ways. Right. Uh, it, being in the realm of, of nonprofits for a very long time, you know, when um, uh, fiscal years and budget years come in, you know, there's an idea that goes out that, you know, well, if you don't spend the money, you're going to lose it. Right. So if you think about it, if we're not using the budget lines in education, you know, um, on a yearly basis, there is a risk that you take on losing a lot of that funding. So if the lights aren't on and you're not paying that light bill, right? Um, do you really need the light? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, so you know, and and I'm just using that as kind of like you know. If there's an uh, an empty space of you know of, of just like a big building that is not being utilized, right? Nine times out of ten, you know, you question whether it's needed or not, and I think that's the stage that we're at, right? Um, so I really feel like those agendas uh, are prioritizing a lot more than just the health and safety of individuals. Right. So as a parent, what would you like to see? Like, how would this work out in a way where you would feel comfortable slowly, eventually allowing your kids to reenter a classroom? Mm-hmm. Like, um, what would you envision that looking like? You know, I was thinking like, you know, um, I think, you know, this, I think we discussed this, but, you know, um, part of my journey and my life's journey was just going back to school at later on in my life. Right. So I actually went back to college to go ahead and finish my undergrad and um, one of the things that I 
was really uh, intimidated by, but actually found very um, comforting was a hybrid model. Okay. And what I mean by hybrid model is that, you know, you do have in-person instruction, but you know, you also have this virtual kind of like realm, right? Um, the first thing you really need to do is really make all parents feel comfortable about the decisions that they make and that their children are really being prioritized and being viewed um, in a way where um, their needs are being met first. Um, and what do I mean by that? That you really need to make parents feel comfortable in the idea that when they go into in-person learning, I think like that's where you want to really focus in on. They all have vaccinations first, and I'm talking about teachers, staff, everybody who works in in the school need to have access to the vaccine, right? You can deal with individual perceptions while they go, but that should be like the first priority. If you want to come back, these are the things that you need to do. Um, of course, you have to limit the classrooms. And But the thing is, is just like, I'm not even talking about like, um, almost like, uh, and, and I know this is impossible in some systems, but it's still something you have to throw on the table. But, you know, limit classroom sizes to almost like, you know, six children per classroom, <laughs> almost to a point, right? And, and you would have to stagger that during the week. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're doing a hybrid model, then you know what? You can have a, a you know, a, 10 kids in a classroom, but technically it would be two separate classrooms with five in each classroom and then alternate kids and students, you know, during the week that way, uh, again, to really incorporate this hybrid model. Because again, if we're really trying to go ahead and push that everybody should be back in in-person learning, then guess what? Um, these are the things that you need to do. You need to secure um, parents' comfortability of really um, allowing children to go back. Um, really have a detailed plan on how you're really like, doing uh, and getting rid of all the health um, concerns, you know, again, with like wiping down and things like that. Um, and, and, and definitely like providing them with an accurate plan of what would happen if things don't go the way. So yeah, that hybrid model, I think is something that needs to happen. Right. I'm curious. Um, we're approaching, I think it's the year mark since schools closed. For me, it was the 13th of March last year. Um, but I'm curious, uh, you, you said your daughter is, is uh, beginning to do like um, online learning of sorts and your son is in, is, is, in, is in high school. How has that been going for, for them this past year? How have they... I, I keep seeing things like about about uh, kids like um, really like reaching a point of like we are so sick of this like this online education thing isn't working for us like we really want to like be back with our 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 classmates and our and our teacher. How have they been been dealing with this? Yeah, you know, um, so I'll start with my daughter. I think um, what's interesting is that this is um, her first realms of education. So it's going to be interesting to see how she goes forward with it, right? Because I think like, you know, while um, she just started her virtual, right? And she only gets about like an hour, two hours a day virtually. This is going to be her normal way of how education starts. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, once in-person starts for her, like how that's really going to be uh, conceptualized and how she's going to think going forward with education, right? Um, I know I'm able to participate way more in her education while we're home because obviously, you know, while you're doing that, you know, parent, parent support 
now is just automatic. You know, it's it's not like left wondering when children go to school and then come back. You know, we go into our routines. But I think like now, I see myself way more involved, and I'm and I'm a very involved parent. But I think like now, I find myself really even more involved because it's at home, right? So just kind of like that shift. Now, what's interesting about my son, he's a senior in high school. And what's interesting is that when the pandemic did happen, he was lagging a little bit. Um, when it came down to like, you know, there was a question whether he was going to graduate or not, which I thought was really interesting. Oh. You know, we gave him a call about it, you know what I'm saying? Because, we, were, you know, he's a smart kid. You know, everybody says that about their kids. But, you know, I think like, He's he's a very smart kid, but, you know, we were just, like, giving them, like, a lot of shit about it, like, you know. Once the pandemic happened, man, there was a shift. So it was interesting to read all these, like, reports of just, like, um, uh, you know, kids who were kind of, like, lagging. and I, But what's interesting with him is that he actually saw an increase in his grades. And um, actually, like, the risk of him not graduating just kind of, like, dissipated. So I don't know if the factor was the pandemic was so brand new and everything, you know, kind of like culminated and everything, but he actually kind of like got out of that red zone. Right. Because, and when I asked him, it was, he said that he's way more comfortable with the aspect of virtual learning and being given these assignments and doing so, you know, I think that was also direct reflection of kind of like his character and his personality on how he enjoyed teaching because uh, pre-pandemic, um, what we would hear from my son is just like, oh, this teacher, I don't really understand her. She frustrates me. He frustrates me. You know, he gets all that. But what was interesting is that we saw the shift. And then instead of focusing on the teacher, he was focusing on the work. Right. So I think that really added a benefit to him and his character and his personality, because I guess the, the engagement of the teachers on a on a. I guess on a personal level, right, was taken out and now he was able to allow and focus on the work. And I guess that helped him. So now, you know, we're just like, and it's funny because now we're like me and uh, his mother are just uh, complaining about, damn, now we're going to have to have a virtual graduation and we really want to have an in-person graduation. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. That's, that's a bummer. But, um, I'm assuming, do you like have friends who have kids who are in the same kind of boat as you are? Um, and, and if you know any of these people, like personally, do you have, do you know if they have, like, have they also been like, you know, going up or down? Like how has their uh, time been with, with this pandemic education in home learning yeah. situation? You know, um, uh, the, in my wife's family, we have a lot of like um, uh, middle school um uh, probably like I think one high school student and then a couple of like post high school like uh, students as well and you know it's, what's interesting is that um, <laughs> when I do see them uh, I see them and they're always carrying their materials with them which I thought was interesting right because I think like I guess I mean like when they're just like they're all just holding their materials <laughs> yeah like they, they have like their laptop and their books. And mm -hmm. I, for me, I'm a very like visual person. So it's interesting because now I see them like even on our time when it's personal, they're carrying their stuff with them, which I thought was interesting. Right? I was just like this. I was like, so what are you, why are you walking around? 
why are you walking around with your laptop? And it's like, oh, I got a class. Oh, I got to go to school. And I'm like, and this is even the middle school kids. And I thought that was interesting, right? Because it was just like, oh, shit, you know, like, this is really kind of like interesting, at least in that realm of just looking like even at, you know, my, my daughter's eight-year-old cousin who's walking around with an iPad. And, and you know, normally, we, you know, you associated it like, you know, they're going to go ahead and they're going to play some games on their apps. But then she was just like, yeah, but then, you know, sometimes I have homework on there. And I was like, oh, shit, that's cool, too. Right. So it's interesting because now I see people, you know, at least kids walking around with their devices, which I thought was interesting. You know, at least at least from that, my that makes, Yeah, that, that, that makes me wonder, like, obviously, you're around people who are, have really like like just dived into this to this um um at home learning situation but it makes me wonder is there now this like weird like divide of like people who are going up people are going down and it's like you know there's no way to like fix it or do anything because it's all stuck in this vortex of pandemic education that's That's really interesting to me yeah and to me i think it is too because we actually were talking about that as far as a work hybrid right um uh, because as you can tell with remote work, it's actually going through this thing where now we're seeing companies who are just abandoning kind of like brick and mortar and going completely virtual, right? Um, right. Our organization right now is going through that right now where, you know, remotely we're actually downsizing our space and everything else because I think people are choosing or, you know, the way of the universe is really like pushing these things about how we work. And I feel education is going through that same thing, right? Where education is now being looked at where, okay, there is this kind of like weird shift, right? Like, like the fork in the road is happening. Like all of a sudden now we're realizing some of these things can be done virtually, right? Um, And maybe we can go ahead and, you know, take out some of these other elements that one have money attached to them and two because i think like you know that's always the bottom line right like um i think like now this this technology has really caused the shift of us looking at these things and actually creating that fork where now things feel kind of like weird because i think you're taking away the personal aspect of it right you're taking you're taking away that interaction that person to person interaction right so now how are we supposed to survive without that? And again, the reference to demolition man is real for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you and I were talking about that earlier, about how like, I feel like demolition man was kind of like, uh, you know, uh, a starter kit 101 <laughs> for what the world would be like. Right. 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 Well, I don't want to hold you back too long. That I know you got to go, but my, I guess my last question for you is um, as as California itself is is preparing to potentially have kids go back to school, even though I I don't whatever. But what do you think will be like the the future of education if if COVID is like still going to be sort of like around in various forms? Like, what do you foresee being the 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 end game of this whole situation? Um, no, yeah, I mean, first of all. Um... I I don't feel that we are ready, right? So I don't know how many parents would feel the same way. But again, like we're only a year into this thing. We haven't even learned enough about, you know, the aftermath to really kind of like make these decisions. I think, again, these decisions are really being made on another level where it's just like, no, we just got to get through it. We just got to go forward. You know, Dr. Fauci has always, you know, who I, you know, 
really in trust and just understanding what this is about because I mean, the man studies it and everything and, you know, everybody may have their opinion, but yeah, I believe like we're, we're still at the infancy of this thing. Like we don't know what the long lasting effects are. California reopening the schools is just, uh, I think again, a very like immediate move. It's just like based more on, on following, like, again, like we need to go ahead and go forward without really kind of like having a good strategy around it. So I don't think like, I know as a parent, I'm not going to go ahead and just fall in line. I know that um, me and my wife have talked about, like, you know, we're going to take our precautions because obviously we can't let these systems take those precautions for the safety of our children. Um, I don't I don't know who's going to get the vaccine. I don't know who's rejecting the vaccine. I don't know who's what per, people's personal beliefs might interfere with the, the safety of my child, which as a parent, I feel like, you know, this is what we, we do. We we have to take that into consideration and not really rely on systems to really kind of like hold that. Right. So I know my wife and I are taking on the responsibility of just what that is. And, you know, um, the school system really is going to have to deal with that. <laughs> you know, um, they, they, they're going to have to shift. They're going to have to shift regardless. They're going to have to shift with our level of thinking, you know, um, regardless of how technology pushes it or anything. Education one of the more important pieces of education is the f the focus on parents, right? Teachers, I know teachers have always um, said that as far as like involving them in the decisions, but now I feel like more so that involvement with parents is just now going to be zeroed in a little bit more because you can see that it's being split. There are parents who want their kids in school, and I hate to say this, we also those people who want those children kids in school i would question what their priorities are of why they want their kids in school you know right right, right. Is, it, is it really for education yeah. we know that some some parents choose to send kids to school because they don't have no forms of of babysitting or of anybody taking care of the children which is fair to say but you know again those things have to be evaluated a little bit more with a with a focus so I know where I'm going. Yeah. I, well, I know I'm putting that pressure, you know, but. <laughs> yes, we know how you, <laughs> you'd be like, no, oh, no, no, not, not my child. No, not no. my child. I'm not closing yes. them to that's no COVID. It. No, 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 that's, no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> For real. Well, I want to thank you again so much for coming on and squeezing oh. in between your your life of children and work and yeah. and and, and all things albert yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's funny it's funny because now you know how i've always uh spoken about like um mental health uh and and just an advocate for it but here's the thing we're all living through a very like traumatic time so it's really interesting that we now have to like kind of like take care of ourselves so I just say, remember, keep keep your your sanity intact because don't make these people in the education system go make you go crazy, right? Because it's not no, you always have like the upper hand in this. So <laughs> just because just because <laughs> everybody says schools are open, it doesn't mean that it's safe. So you know, bow just right. make sure that and don't get ourselves crazy like that. <laughs> Wise words, wise words from an always very wise man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you again, Albert, for always giving us some margin. Always I hope we have you on in the future. Another three years. Definitely. You know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it a little bit more uh, less, like a more frequent and a less, you know, constrictive timeline. So we'll see.
Okay. Well, again, thank you for joining us or joining me or joining our audience today. And thanks for our supporters and listeners. Hope you guys enjoyed this thoughtful insight into education during the pandemic. Um, thank you again. And we'll see you guys next time. Quest on, everybody. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.